Welcome back to the Legal Diaries podcast. We chat about everything from small business to sustainability and mindset, law to health, finances to relationships. We want to provide you with the practical and actionable steps to smash your goals. So grab a drink, sit back and get ready to build your empire with Legal Diaries. Hello everyone and welcome back to another Legal Diaries podcast. I am super excited today because I'm joined by um, influencer, Instagrammer, blogger Nevo Sullivan and I will just hand over to her to introduce herself to us. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here and I'm so glad we finally are sitting there. It's been in the diary for a while so I'm so glad we're actually doing it. Well, yeah, so my name is Neve. I am 29. I'm a Kildare native, currently living in Dublin City. Um, so yeah, I suppose to stick with the theme for work, I work for myself. I've been blogging or Instagramming or whatever you want to call it <laughs> since 2000, the end of 2017 when I moved home from New York. Um, and I've been doing this ever since. It's, I suppose, evolved a lot. It's ever-changing and um, given the nature of the industry. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, And I suppose I cover um, topics like sustainability, food, fashion, beauty. It's definitely an overarching lifestyle theme that you're going to get if you land on my page or on any of my profiles or anything like that. Um, But yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying it so far. (laughs) Yeah, it's so exciting, though, because like I sound like such an Uber fan, but like I followed kind of your account since you kind of came back from New York and like really got into it um and I enjoy like um you have such diverse content so and I'm really into sustainability and I'm and then you have like beauty stuff as well but then when you moved to your new apartment you had all the interior stuff and I was like this is the account that just keeps on giving (laughs) thank you yeah I completely forgot about interiors and actually I'm doing a postgrad at the moment in interiors so I just completely forgot about that corner of my life I apologize um but so obviously you were in New York and you were working in social media in New York So I was initially working in a marketing role and then a new job came available and I went for it and that was a social media manager and I got that job in 2016 so six years ago now which is actually I think it was actually about now that I was starting the job in the year so six years ago which is kind of crazy to think how long these well-established roles have been there because yeah always kind of saying it's so new but it really isn't um, yeah I mean in terms of like the lifespan of careers like for yeah like, doctors or solicitors or something like that like they're obviously not new I think in in comparison social media is but god it has been around for a number of years it's well established it's as I said before ever evolving um but yeah the role was social media manager but that kind of covered I suppose, digital and communications as well. So Mm. um, my job was content creation for a number of brands across like East and West Coast of America. Um, So content creation, but it was a footwear and handbag company. So it was a number of brands within the same vertical, but that were all so different. So that was definitely a challenge because you're trying to differentiate each brand like stick within your kind of brand parameters Mm. but stay creative so that was a challenge but um yeah interesting um and then 
other parts of the role would have been I suppose looping in with like e-commerce and mm. a lot of e-commerce and PR and um, marketing and yeah I suppose what was interesting about that role was that it I think in the past companies had to definitely make a shift and um, because social media would have always been a kind of secondary thought but yeah now definitely things are more socially led which is brilliant um and I think for anyone working in social media it's a very exciting aspect of it mm. um, so yeah I definitely felt that in the company you know as social media grew and we would have been Sorry, a massive part of my job was working with influencers. I say that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's funny. such like a yeah. like, kind of, but yeah, I suppose influencers, um, celebrities, YouTubers, they would have been huge in America at the time. So yeah. a lot of that would have been aligning with them, actually commissioning them to create content for us. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was, I, I think I was what, six years ago. So I was, oh my god what age was that I was like 25 24 25 in that job um and yeah it was it was a big job but I was at that stage of social media no one had 10 years experience or yeah qualified to be a manager it was kind of always going to go to someone who just lived and lived and breathed it breathed yeah it. it's so yeah. true though because like I like before I'm I'm in the in a period of transition at the moment but when this podcast comes out I'll be in my new role but I was working for a charity um and it was like um a public interest and human rights based charity and I was there part-time while I was studying and then they created a specific role for me um when I finished to work full-time um and one huge part of that role was to be yeah was to be in charge of their communications um and they'd never had any like they'd always tweeted around me or done other kind of bits and pieces they'd never kind of had a strategy for it and you can now see all these kind of smaller organizations because even myself when we when I started Legal Diaries as a business rather than just a a social media platform um, my business partner and I we had a debate about whether or not if we establish something completely new or if we if we go off the kind of we pivot the platform we have and I was like it has taken like two years to build it up to like or a year sorry to build it up to what it is now I was like you need something to start with um so yeah it's mad how it's become such a like I've two friends now they're social media managers and it's just a general like run-of-the-mill thing whereas yeah and even I used to work in a school and like you'd ask the kids like what they want to do and so many of them want to be like youtubers like instagrammers social media people yeah, I, I feel about that like I think that's I, I I often hear that and I don't you know you, you hear teachers saying it or something I don't know I think that's a good thing if they yeah passionate about something but I think going in with that in mind I mean oh god I don't I'm very torn on it I don't really know like how yeah. as in if I had a little five-year-old or something and they're like I want to be an Instagrammer I don't know how I'd feel about that like, are you sure? <laughs> it's really yeah. nice if it happens organically or you know it doesn't always happen organically like I definitely knew when I was trying to establish myself as more of like a business and a lot in a lot more of a professional capacity than say using social media for personal use when I did come home and I was like I really I feel like I can do this like I I've so much I want to talk about I feel like I can provide mm. value this is before people were getting paid money or and yeah yeah people were getting paid but when you're starting well certainly when I was starting 
I never would have thought that I yeah actually lived off it do you know what I mean like that would have been the dream but yeah I don't know but I think it's it's nice you obviously have to kind of go in with that in mind if if that's your long-term goal I don't know I think for a lot of people though in the industry at the moment I do feel like it probably happened organically or nearly accidentally yeah. you know that kind of way and then that kind of segues nicely into our next question so how did you get into blogging and instagramming and everything in the first place and then how did you make that decision to turn it into kind of say like a side hustle into a career okay so this is actually kind of a funny answer <laughs> um well the first part of my as in referring to the first part of my answer so initially I was working for Glambia when I um graduated so I went in on their graduate program and their dig- their digital media graduate program so my background at that point was um I did business information systems in Galway and then I went on to do a postgraduate diploma remotely like online um in digital marketing and then I like the power of good interview I just did a really really good interview for Glambia um before I'd even finished the diploma um and they took me on and they were like we start straight away and just do it at the same time which was great but you know I'll always speak to the power of a good interview you can kind of yeah it's very powerful so anyway I got very very lucky I kind of had committed that year to just um studying anyway got the job um was in there a few months and then I don't know I think I just heard about the graduate visa and realized that my time was ticking and then I was you know Glambia is a great company um it's a secure job which was yeah good pensionable like, job oh, like, <laughs> not leaving a secure role I was like no 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 I want to so had it in my head I was going to New York then and I was I'm acutely aware of how competitive it can be over there it's like I don't even have a year's experience like I really want to do digital you know New York is the place to go they're so Mm. advanced or so far ahead of what we would have been at the time even though Glambia was definitely oh miles ahead of so many other companies um in terms of social media and digital and all things like that so anyway I decided to recruit a very good friend of mine her name is Karen um to help me she was more like web developer and I was like teach mm. me how to build a website and teach me how to design it so she basically taught me how to do all that um and so I built and designed the website and then I actually had an accident in the kitchen so cooking has always been a massive passion of mine long story short I ended up with two months sick leave so I had built the website as I kind of just wanted it initially to be mm. online CV so that I had looked yeah. at applications for jobs in New York and they would always say link to your website I think I didn't even realize that really creative people had websites and I was like oh my god I'm definitely like not that creative so I need to you know I'll have a, a CV and you know links to projects that I had worked on kind of like a LinkedIn but definitely more personalized and I was like that in itself would be impressive but then I was left with two months on, or two months leave from work right after I handed him my notice. <laughs> I never actually had to go back <laughs> I went back to hand him my stuff I was like I'm so sorry like it was obviously a complete ac- accident but anyway I had all this time to kill and then I was like you know what I'll just start putting up pieces of content and I was I couldn't drive so I was literally as oh my, my hand was injured so I literally couldn't drive so I was stuck 
at home um, and food as I said was a massive passion and that's where the blog kind of started so I'd start like doing little recipes I was on like a major healthy eating buzz at the time before I was coming to work. I was doing like all these disgusting but healthy healthy recipes yeah <laughs> um, and that's kind of where it started and then when I um does that answer the first part of the question? Yeah, so that that's kind of how you got into blogging. Yeah. Yeah. So then when I went to New York, then I was like, okay, it's like a little diary. It'd be so nice to look back on because actually a cousin of mine went to Australia. Oh my God, probably like 15 years ago at this stage. And she actually had a blog. And my mom was like, Annie had a blog. You should do that or whatever. Just keep track of your travels and all of that. So I did that. Um, and then I ended up falling into a job which kind of um just shun more of a spotlight I suppose on bloggers and Mm. how they as I said so much far more advanced and further along than we were at the time um and I suppose if I'm being like completely honest like I'm working in this job I'm seeing girls doing what I do like as my hobby like I was in New York like I'd never really go out I never really went out that much and I'd be up shooting for the blog at like 7 a.m on a Saturday morning because I couldn't stand people seeing me take pictures so I'd like (laughs) work with a photographer and we'd meet up meet up really really early in the mornings on the weekends because obviously Monday to Friday was a write-off um and I never really kind of experienced the the crazy social life in New York because I definitely committed more of my spare time to the blog which in hindsight was amazing but I suppose that's a little regret but yeah it's not a big deal I've done plenty of making up for it since I got home so I can't complain (laughs) but yeah so um I suppose I saw all these I'm working with these girls they're all creating amazing content this is definitely more fashion focused which wouldn't have I wouldn't have been particularly Mm. drawn to at the time um but yeah to be honest I saw that they were making a living off of it and I was like that's so cool that's yeah absolutely amazing um and then I was like I wonder I just I suppose I was just like god could I do that and I think something about New York is that it gives you so much um motivation and confidence in yourself yeah too is not from there they're generally people who came there for something so yeah the mindset is definitely different in and the people out over there so I was had a, like a rake of confidence in me and I was like I could do this and then I came home and I remember I had said so I'd worked in um Glambia which was digital uh focused but it was serving the different elements of the business so like definitely con- uh, consumer goods um mm-hmm food the sports nutrition and then like agriculture so I had gotten a taste of all of them and then I went into marketing in like a beauty role so I got a taste of that and then I was in fashion got a taste of that and I was kind of I went home and I was like I just don't know like in the back of my head I secretly knew that I really wanted to do the blog like try and make mm. go of it and my mum was like what are you going to do next I was like so you've tried all these jobs and all these industries <laughs> I don't feel like I'm kind like a process of elimination I don't know which, what I would do next or whatever so I was like, I'm going to just take some time. Like when I came home from New York, I found the work very, very intense. So I had kind of said, I'm going to just take some time. And then I just went hell for leather. So that's how I decided to do that. I'm <laughs> going to start creating content. I'm going to start like seeing, chancing my arm. And I remember I got my first job and it was absolutely like tiny. Like it was such a small job, but for me, it was like such a boost. And then yeah. you know, like, go from there. Sorry, it's such a long wind answer. No, you're good. Have it all. It's so interesting because I wouldn't have known kind of the original story of how you got into blogging initially, but like fair play, I think it definitely helped that you came home because I think 
something that what you did when you did it was something that was general currency in New York like everyone has a side hustle it was fine everyone is like a social media something Um, (laughs) but in Ireland like it wasn't the case at the time and I think like it became more when say people like yourself where Louise Cooney or other people from New York kind of came back from America and decided to make a go of this yeah um and now it's I think just become like a, a general kind of yeah, it's not surprising thing. when someone does it now <laughs> whereas yeah. before like I remember being so embarrassed like and wrong like and I shouldn't but I suppose I am a kind of a I, I'll admit like I'm a very paranoid person and I'm very like conscious and as I said like I'd be shooting in New York at 7am when no one well people were up but not that many that would be up at like 3pm in the day or something like I hate the thought of anyone oh yeah well like when I yeah like, when I started definitely in the wrong industry because that's definitely yeah. It's like when I yeah when I started the Legal Diaries Instagram account it became it was just basically a way for me to document my qualifying as a barrister because I don't come from like a stereotypical like legal background or anything like that um and I told like no one and when I started to tell friends and family like I had a boyfriend who I we were traveling to Bali together so I was like right I'm probably going to post my stories for there so I probably should tell him that I have this second (laughs) account yeah like I was very kind of like didn't want anyone to know I forget and I was it was very Irishness like I felt embarrassed about it and when I told my two I totally relate to that yeah and when I told my two best friends who were in the BL course with me I it felt like I was breaking like this as if I had like a secret family or something I was like (laughs) so there's this thing I need to tell you and like don't laugh at me and anything like that and I told me think back to how nervous you would have been I know and now like um like one of my friends is now that 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 was one of those friends is now my business partner and and like I will openly but like even my parents now haven't got a clue what I do like yesterday I was working or this morning I was working on like legal diary stuff my parents were like what are you working on like business stuff or like like your business stuff or your your day job or like something else and I was just like oh I don't know yeah (laughs) so they just they still don't get it but they're just like none the wiser um and then so obviously you came back and you entered into this new kind of up-and-coming kind of culture in Ireland so influencer culture whatever you want to call it yeah yeah um and how how do you feel because obviously from what you've described you're not your when people think of influencers like you were you don't like I wouldn't think that you would think of yourself as what like when people think of the personality of one like you were up at 7 a.m shooting in New York didn't want anyone to know about it like (laughs) (laughs) how does it feel for you to be part of that culture now or how do you feel about that culture I feel like oh I feel I've I knew that this question was coming and I yeah (laughs) and I find it really I find it really difficult to answer because I feel like it's I know like I am well aware of how influencers are perceived or yeah people's opinions and it's generally kind of negative like you will people like I I remember I said this to my friends recently and they were like no it's so cool I'm like yeah but that's because you know me and like you know yeah I'm who I am and I'm the same person that I always was but like if you didn't know anyone who was in this kind of like industry you'd 
okay well some people just haven't got a clue and I I actually recognize that as well some people it's completely foreign um but generally people do have a negative kind of um association with it and I think that that's a shame because like you will get people who I like fell into it accidentally or you know didn't expect to have a following that they do and maybe uh, I will say like the majority of people that I uh, like honestly a huge like yeah the majority of people that I've ever met through the industry are really really nice people Mm. Um, and not I see this I find it so hard to answer I'm literally tripping over my words but I get that there are people that might take their ability to influence for granted or um, they might abuse that power. And my God, that drives me mad too. Like we all see it, but um, they're like the flip side is that of that is that there are so many, okay, I'm going to stick to my specific area of the industry. There are so many women who are in a position where they can work for themselves. They are their own boss. They've worked so hard to get there. The majority of what you see is literally a tidbit of the work that actually goes in behind the scenes. And, you know, my day to day now, people could say oh it's so easy but like you don't see what goes in every single day and also Mm. you don't see the the early nights and the early mornings years and years ago that it took to kind of get to where to be able to do it now you know to build it up yeah foundation and certainly for me like I have a modest following like I don't have hundreds of thousands of followers so like it's really a slow burner like when I think that I started the blog six years ago it's and a lot of people will kind of stick with you so you might not have a massive following but they're engaged they're like that's it yeah that's the thing it's I think it's not even numbers anymore um and I think brands are starting to kind of realize that because when we did kind of our planner launch we focused in on say study grammars in the community and some of them might have I remember one girl wrote back because she's less than a thousand followers she was like why do you want to gift me a planner and we were like because you've such an engaged community that like love what you do um and I think but I think that they get such a bad perception now um because both traditional and digital media only ever use the word influencer in a bad way so they'll never say influencer Nevo Sullivan raises millions for charity they will say influencer Nevo Nevo Sullivan did x or influencer Mary like guidelines yeah so they'll never use it in like a positive way yeah I don't know and I feel like I didn't even really answer your question they're like how do I feel about (laughs) culture like it's definitely a tricky question to answer I feel like I feel like people have the wrong end of the stick the majority of the time and Mm. I think that and I don't know if this is an Irish thing and I'm not going to say that it is but (laughs) I feel like it's people are quick to jump to conclusions and people are quick and I myself have been this way you're quick to think the worst first of all yeah first and foremost and I think you know these all these like forums and um I suppose people who are kind of online to take other people down or you know anonymous accounts things like that they kind of nearly are getting as you know they don't even get as negative as much negative attention as said influencer who's supposedly a terrible person you know yeah it's it's very the conversation is skewed in my mind like why aren't we you're giving out about influencers why aren't we giving out about these 
hell holes of websites that are yeah bullying like absolutely detrimental to people's mental health um yeah I feel like influencer culture oh I'll have to get back to you on that yeah I still like, answer it, but yeah it's I find the whole thing just a bit jarring I don't consider myself as part of it but then maybe someone else would argue that I absolutely am yeah um, like I feel but, like it's it's something that holds a lot of power but I think it's used utilized by a lot of people in the wrong way sometimes and then a lot of people so many people in the best way and like oh yeah like so many yeah to it and at the end of the day it's a multi multi billion dollar euro pound industry it's going absolutely nowhere I think people just need to what I do certainly is stay in my own lane work do the work that I want to do and if people don't want to be a part of like influencer culture or anything like that you don't have to follow anyone no one is absolutely yeah. going to your head and making you you can consume traditional media you can consume digital media from traditional journalists through like patreon or think patreon or things like that um there's there are ways that you can consume the media that you want to because people will definitely associate like the rise in influencer culture with the decline in traditional media and that's absolutely true like because brands are seeing value in the trackable and far more easy to report way of marketing which is through influencer marketing like yeah you can track everything every the brand will see absolutely every single aspect of the campaign that they want to which is different to traditional media um but there are still ways to, to support your favorite journalists. And, you know, if you don't want yeah. to support influencers, you don't have to. You can you can just because things are going away, like those people are still there. Um, some amazing journalists, like, for example, like Ashlyn Keenan, Laura Kennedy, like they're all their beauty. Um, yeah, I adore them. Do you know that kind of way? Like you can still you don't have to rely on beauty influencers if you think that they're not good enough or or if you sorry if you feel like you're not getting what you previously got from a magazine from a beauty influencer there are ways to do it you just need to yeah actually like, yeah and a lot of publications are now obviously I think online um well people should it, go and support them you know yeah I'd be the first to say it like I subscribe to so many like you know yeah a way to support traditional media if influencer culture is not your thing and that's absolutely fine yeah and I think it's it's a case of like when I kind of was like okay now I'm qualified I want to start a business I was really nervous and I remember someone said to me who was in business being like you're only going to be judged by people that are doing less than you not more than you oh that's interesting yeah (laughs) yeah so like you say you have friends who are like why are you starting a business well they're the friend that probably always wanted to start a business and do xyz but never did it whereas if you reach out to a friend who's been in business years which I did they were so supportive and I think it's the same for people who judge influencers they're like in a seat where they want to do the brand deals and do everything but they just haven't stepped outside their comfort zone so next time you're judged feel (laughs) yeah but the easy thing like just to like echo that the easy thing to do there is to say oh they're so lazy oh they're like they don't do anything but okay well then off you go yeah you know if it's so easy you know if it was so easy everyone would be doing it and you like I as I said like I'm definitely a paranoid person I don't have a thick skin but like if you can if you have those things and you're determined and you're resilient and you're a hard worker like you could make it work but it takes years to build up obviously some people 
go viral that's so cool that would be yeah like if you want to go viral but like um yeah like I think it's accessible and maybe that's what gives it that negative kind of association is that it is accessible anyone could do it you could do start tomorrow but I don't know maybe it's an Irish thing that we're afraid of being judged I know I definitely was but you just you do actually get used to it yeah oh no like I I definitely um and like there's certain kind of pieces of content that I'll have a discussion with people before I put up because I'm like will this be like you guys think it's funny but will this be perceived in a funny I way yeah um and you've kind of covered it in your kind of in your answer a little bit but are there any kind of big tips maybe practical tips for anyone who wants to get into the industry so do you know what I actually was now I added it to my to-do list did I do it no story (laughs) um I actually saw that there there's this U.S. blogger that I follow and she has a podcast kind of like on business and stuff like that within social media but they're they were in doing interviews with TikTokers um and kind of because they could this girl could speak to how you know advice and tips for someone like her and she would have similarly started a couple of years ago and Mm. blogging then growing your Instagram route but I think social media nowadays like people are starting on TikTok they're starting on these new channels um yeah obviously they're younger because I'm older so they're younger to me but they're so creative and it's so different now and I think the type of media that people are wanting to consume is definitely different now like for example, I haven't posted on my blog in over a year because, well, I mean, COVID and, well, you know, whatever. I just didn't really feel like I had anything important, not important, but anything substantial to talk about. Um, mm. Like sustainability would have been such a big deal for me. But then when COVID hit, I was like, I can't tell. I can't preach about like your recycling bin. There are people dying, do you know? It yeah put in not into perspective because that is obviously so important and will be and is if anything growing in importance but yeah I suppose that's a different conversation but COVID and everything in the last year would have made me think twice about things that I was talking about and preaching air quotes yeah you cannot see me um (laughs) but I think when it comes to advice with starting social media now oh my god like you see someone like Sophie Murray I'm not sure if you follow her but she started I think less than a year ago and she has well over 100,000 followers but she just came on and was so clearly authentic and herself like she was it was you could tell it was as if she was speaking to her very very best friend yeah such a she's such a like genuine she's like a ray of sunshine she's just such a happy and positive person online but very honest very funny yeah someone who blew up um taking really really cool pictures people obviously love her personal style so you will get that like you'll get someone who comes in that there was just a gap there was just like you know people like her because I had um I don't know if you're you're on TikTok like I'm 30 and I feel really old on TikTok like I will never (laughs) post but like it is addictive um oh my god hours of my life gone yeah um I had Meg Hughes on and she's I think she's 21 but she's gone she was doing kind of these really nice aesthetically kind of pleasing minute long day in the life kind of vlogs on TikTok yeah and that would be like when I was when if I watch YouTube like those are the types of kind of like YouTube videos and stuff I like to that same I love yeah um and she just kind of blew up with say my 
um, age group and then obviously her own. Um, and I actually, if you listen in, in about four weeks time, I did an interview with Thomas Arnold. He was one of the founders of the Go House. So like oh, that blew, yeah, like that blew up as well. So you could see, you can see now how big new forms of social like even if you look at Charlie D'Amelio like she went from one to a hundred million in a year like yeah yeah you see how big these people can get and then in hindsight you're like I could have done that that looked you know why didn't I think of that it's always the way you know yeah but yeah I think definitely it's hard now because I I don't know how you'd get started now I don't know if I started tomorrow would I be in the same position in five or six years time um but I think it generally like my rules of thumb would be be yourself and like I feel Mm. probably lately like maybe in the last year or so I've definitely like pulled back from social media just because of I see people I touch wood I'm so lucky the people who follow me are genuinely really nice people I could count on one hand the amount of nasty messages I've ever gotten that's not an invitation for someone to send me one but like (laughs) I have a really really nice group of people following me um and where was I going with that? What is wrong? Just um, general tips. So you're saying to like be authentic and be yourself. Oh, yeah. 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 So be yourself. And I even feel like that's what I was saying that I've kind of pulled back just from seeing other people be torn to shreds. I just know that I would not. Be yeah. It. Like I don't have a thick skin. It would really upset me. Um, so I feel like I've definitely kind of pulled back a bit. But then in saying that, I know that if you gave yourself and your personality um, people will be, you know, people will like that. They'll be drawn to it. They'll relate to you in a lot more of a, with more ease, I suppose. And then it's about definitely, you know, knowing what you're going to talk about, like having your verticals, what way are you going to put that content out? Like for mm. me, food, pictures of food and sharing a recipe that wasn't working for me. So how am I going to get more engaging? Like, what do I want to see? I like watching videos. So then I started doing food videos that that then became my main focus in terms of my verticals, because that's what was, that's what I was enjoying. That's what people were enjoying. And that's mm. what I wanted. So that was a no brainer for me that I had to focus on that. And I definitely have honed in on that. Um, so it's about planning it's about how like knowing what you're going to do to get your content out there and then it's about being consistent it's about like having an yeah. sticking to that like you want your content to be I always try and think of it with a brand in mind because I have been on the brand side so say for example um I'm working with Dundrum at the moment um and I was in mindful of taking pictures that obviously that I could use that were to my aesthetic but then I made sure to take shots even with my head turned that could be typically even stock images you know that they can yeah and like create more value to the brand um so I think that's a good way as well like you know when you're if you're trying to get on a brand's radar like create beautiful content look at their aesthetic um create content in line with that obviously if it's in line with yours as well and tag them promote it like if you enjoy using something talk about it you know um so yeah I could go on about that all day but yeah. they're, they're kind of like where I, I think yeah I think that's that's good yeah. advice so to kind of like sum up so to be yourself to be consistent to um <laughs> on what you want to get out there as well yeah exactly and so you kind of mentioned it but what is your favorite type of content because obviously you've so many kind of facets to your page um, and mm-hmm. it's one thing I love about your account um but what is is the cooking your favorite or is do you have another one so yeah I love the cooking I do love my recipe videos like 
they're kind of my bread and butter, do you know, and they're not only for work, but as well, I want to, I always want to provide value to people because mm. why, why would you follow me otherwise? And I can acknowledge that people need more than just sharing your updates of each day. Like they want like what, you know, what am I yeah. trying to provide value to people? Um, I do love the cooking, but oh my God, I'm wrecked after it. Like I'm, I can imagine, you know, I'm like, I'll just form the dinner tonight. And then I don't even, I don't even enjoy the dinner because I'm just I'm then I want to just get the video up straight away and then I'm editing and I'm just like you know it's kind of takes away from the whole enjoyment of eating food so I do try and get a bit more rigid in my timing and things like that I do love um I do love the interior side of things I have a second account for my interiors but I find that hard as well because I'm in the middle of studying so I don't I don't know I and I also have a very small space to work with in terms of sharing corners of the apartment like I've ran out a long time ago but um, (laughs) like I do I really enjoy that I suppose I I love having that as kind of a I feel like that's a bit more of an outlet so I typically enjoy that more I don't ever associate that with work um but then I love uh, see I'm saying I love everything here now I suppose yeah the interiors and the food um I mean travel love I know remember that (laughs) oh if only like I think the last thing I ever posted to do a travel on our website when it was more of a blog is was all the stuff we did in Bali and I would and to think I know and to think we were going to actually postpone Bali to the year after um which would have been the the summer of COVID like the first summer of COVID and uh we didn't and we went and we kept saying all the way through we kept being like imagine if we had of like postponed the trip and never got to go but um yeah it's it's definitely it's it's so interesting though because it shows like you love so much but you do it in such a good way on your account like you don't kind of yeah you don't I feel you don't kind of dabble for the sake of dabbling you dabble into something because you are passionate about it or you enjoy it um but like how do you source inspiration for your content so when you when you're trying to think of like a recipe or something to do um and how do you make sure that you're like always keeping your content fresh so in terms of inspiration I try and look further afield than whatever is going on here because Ireland is obviously so small so Mm. I will I'll literally generally when it comes to food I'll kind of think of an ingredient or um a quick recipe and I'll just google and I'll go I'm subscribed to so many um food uh like not websites like kind of food columns within yeah national papers and things like that I just I just love seeing what people come up with like the majority I probably wouldn't film I just I, I also know that I'm have an Irish audience so I'm like what will people actually do and yeah from my previous videos like what people love like a slow cooker curry because that's easy it's comforting like it's generally raining here so you know yeah I try and think what will people actually do and sometimes I'll take an ingredient and run with that or it'll just be something like I'm very lucky I've traveled a bit when I was um got to see lots of lovely places when I was growing up um so my whole family are real foodies like I'm the I'm the I'm the worst with food in my family (laughs) that way like they're they're just so into food and trying new things and experimenting so a lot of the time I'll talk to like my sister and my mum my mum is definitely the brains of the operation when it comes to food (laughs) she's an amazing foodie 
so yeah like she's always emailing me like before she'll even ring me in the morning I have an email from her that'll say try this (laughs) yeah she just so cute she's so oh my god she's so helpful to me like I I would be absolutely lost without her um but yeah in terms of food that's where my inspiration comes and then in terms of other inspiration I just love seeing other I'll I'll, I'll often go into the explore page on Instagram and if I see something like that that I like I'll click into that and then I'll scroll because it'll serve me similar content and then I could end up on a complete randomers page on the other side of the world but like someone who creates amazing content and obviously you don't want to ever copy a lot of the time the stuff that I'm impressed by I could never even try and copy because I don't even have (laughs) equipment that could allow me to do so but yeah I definitely take inspiration from um other people in the industry and not like the global industry I definitely take inspiration from them and especially when I'm trying to get creative like say if I'm working with a certain type of brand that I'm like okay this has to be shot at home I've been shooting at home for a year I'm sick of looking at everything in this apartment (laughs) things like that I'm like how do I do this in a creative way or how can I try and make this engaging um so yeah it definitely comes from people within the industry um look to people in the US and the UK they the the level and the standard of content that they produce is just I mean I just wish I was in a position that I could hire like five people to help me you know that would be amazing yeah it's just me so it's fine like I'll I'll work it out but definitely look further afield for inspiration yeah and that's so interesting I definitely think like you've probably even thought of this but you should totally do a series of you and your mom cooking Oh my God, she would hate it. She would really, hate it. yeah. She is not someone who ever wants to be on the other. Like she's not that she even, um, like she definitely does help me take pictures sometimes. If I'm, I do try and work with a photographer, especially if it's brand work. Um, I will try and obviously, as I said, produce really good quality content. But no, my mom, like she helps me so much with taking pictures with recipes. Like every single video, she's either if I'm at home or wherever like she's either on the phone while I'm filming I mean if it's something that's in any yeah. way not absolutely straightforward but generally I'm speaking to her or if I'm filming at home she's over my shoulder um but she, she just wouldn't she just wouldn't you know she's she's such a private person and she's such um she's shy like she would yeah I think she's happy enough for me to just (laughs) behind the scenes um and speaking about family um obviously you moved out pre-covid I think you moved just before or was it mid-covid it was mid so it was the start of the summer last year mad um how much are you missing your dogs because they used to be such a daily feature I know oh my god I miss them so much like I oh I can't remember it when exactly this was but I was having a really really bad day and I went down to Nace to see like my mom and the boys is what I call them yeah um and I came back in just the best mood and I was like the dogs just put me in the best form because they're so like to me they're the funniest dogs on the planet even though anyone else is looking at me with 10 heads when I'm like look at them look how cute they are look how funny they are um but yeah they just put me in such a good mood and that's why we're in the process at the moment of trying to well thinking about getting a dog up here it's very very difficult to adopt I would love to adopt because um you know adopt down shop yeah but now I understand why people are driven to buying puppies because it is honestly such an ordeal trying to get um a dog to adopt so look we're we're gonna 
sit on it and watch this space but yeah I would just love to have a little pal like yeah beside my ankles every day walking with me someone to say good morning to like when you come out and yeah I just would love that yeah because we because I like I was always like a dog person in the sense that I was like oh my god like they're so cute and everything but I would always be a nervous dog person really and then uh, but I've always wanted a puppy because we're from Dublin originally um and we when we moved when I was like in my teens I was promised that we're moving to the country so I can get a dog I never <laughs> got that dog so when COVID oh. hit I ended up moving home and I was just like to my mom, I was like, I'm going to just come home with the dog. Like, just yeah. you have no choice. But I, uh, <laughs> I know. And but like we did both. We tried to adopt and we um, eventually end up um, purchasing um, from a breeder. But no shelters or no breeders would during COVID, even now, won't sell or won't allow people to adopt because they're afraid that people are working from home at the moment. And then once and people go back to normal lifestyle. But I actually like I never think I remember chatting to um, my boyfriend about like our dog Alfie and I was like I don't think I've ever loved something so much <laughs> I was like could you imagine having a child like I couldn't even imagine loving something more than my dog so I'm I like, know like, people are like when you have a baby I'm like but I have a dog I yeah have, my heart couldn't swell anymore for anything else like so I know and like he he will like usually I wouldn't be because I'm at home I wouldn't be the first up in the morning my dad usually would um and whoever's first up he'll wake up out of his crate um but he'll always run upstairs and say hello to everyone in the morning and it is just like, like that yeah yeah in the hall and just Harry will show all his teeth and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cute. um but yeah no definitely so keep me posted on the adoption journey um, oh, I'm excited yeah. fingers crossed probably we've kind of we've been a lot of doors have been closed lately so I'd say we'll probably take the summer and then yeah and then revisit yeah yeah we haven't got um I was actually because Alfie's only turning a year old um in like this month so toward the end of this month um and we brought him for a checkup in the vet the other day just to to have a checkup and the vet was like you know have you made a decision of whether or not you want to neuter him and we were all like no we we have made a decision Um, because so many of my friends are like don't we want like a baby Alfie because when we got him he was like a fluffy little white bunny Oh, like he was so tiny so so many of my friends are like you're not allowed to neuter him because we we want mini want alfies yeah and I was so yeah I'm so torn about what to do um but yeah I think I think it, it like it was so hard for us to get him during COVID so yeah. unfortunately I think I think you're in for a bit of a wait I know yeah watch this space anyway <laughs> yeah at least you can go home so this weekend you would have got your dose of the dogs yeah, yeah yeah um and then obviously so you moved out mid-covid and you created your interior account and everything that was kind of going into that and even before that like I loved watching you do up your office at home this yeah. sounds so weird it's like I can pinpoint points of your life <laughs> um, I like that about people I follow too though it's so funny you just kind of go with them on their journey I suppose yeah and um so how would you just des- describe your like style or taste and similar to kind of I suppose your your general content where do you find inspiration for um your interiors I suppose it actually all kind of weirdly enough feeds into each other so I think like with 
in terms of even the type of clothes that I'll go for I think that that's similar to like my taste in interiors Mm. I read somewhere and it was like if you wouldn't wear a color don't put it on your walls if you don't like if you don't actually um so with that my taste is definitely like neutral um I love like blacks whites beiges like every single shade of off white yeah Um, (laughs) like I like contrasting um colors and I suppose lots of different textures and I love so similar with fashion like you know I'll definitely try and go for something that can be worn different ways so Mm. furniture or decor I want something that I can see here now but I could also see in my next house whenever that comes along I could see where would I put that in a different room do you know I Mm -hmm. try and go for things with more than one place or one setting in mind for it yeah Um, and that also helps me to justify it if it's absolutely yeah not not that anything would be majorly expensive but like it just helps me to justify things the versatility you're like I can use it for so many multiple different purposes because yeah uh, (laughs) because even even now at the minute so hopefully in the next year year and a half um hope to purchase a home we were going to build first but that is it's such a long road though like it just yeah like we had the patience I'm too impatient yeah we had um um Dave O'Brien on the guy he was on home of the year the RT home oh yeah 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 um and he was lovely but he was like buckets of information and after talking to him I was like really going home building but at the same time I was like I don't want to live at home for the next like four years yeah (laughs) so um so but my mom keeps telling me so when my mom and dad bought their house my mom calls it a bottom drawer um it's not it doesn't have to be a physical drawer but if you see pieces or things interiors for your house you kind of purchase bit by bit so then you have like furnishings when you move in so now this is me like I just keep trying to use that as an excuse and my mom's like where in my house am I supposed to start store this um and when so what is your like obviously you've loads of gorgeous pieces in your apartment but what's your like favorite piece and why why do you love it oh god yeah well do you know what I love okay so I suppose the one thing that's coming to mind I got these prints done recently um they're kind of like I'm gonna butcher this word like chinoiserie style oh yeah I have butchered that word I actually yeah (laughs) I should have done that google pronounce thing oh yeah I've just been butchering that every single time it ever comes up in conversation but I got um like wallpaper prints framed and I just I can't like I have them where they are in the apartment I see them every single day when I'm on the couch I'm staring at them and I'm just absolutely obsessed with them um I just think as well they fit in so lovely with the apartment and they definitely brought a lot of they brought more color and a lot more interest to the apartment because the apartment has white walls like plain floors I have a black couch I have beige blinds my table is black and white my chairs are black you know it's all very very neutral but the prints definitely brought so much more interest and um color into the their baby blue they brought color in as well and I just and the, with gold frames so I definitely in terms of something interesting I love them but I'm also a sucker for a really good lamp so oh, I have I love a good lamp here but I have lamps 
in my old office in Nice which didn't yeah. last very long because I was like oh god I need to move out but uh, <laughs> I use that for storage so I, I'm con- I'm not constantly but I am buying stuff whenever I see something that I absolutely adore I will buy yeah. it um, and I'll just leave it in Nice and then if I want to sub anything out um I can do that and I can get creative but then I'm also slowly building you know some furniture stock for a future home um but I also see with those prints like I was like um you know one day they'd be so nice in oh my god touch wood please god like a nursery or something like that or oh, you know when you think yeah as you see them in a lot or even like in a bathroom or you know there's different yeah see them in many different places and I just yeah and I I framed them and got the got it all kind of done separately so I felt like a little sense of accomplishment as well when I did that so yeah definitely them yeah oh so nice um I must go are they on your and I assume they're right they made the interiors account did they oh yeah they are. all the details are on yeah <laughs> <laughs> I must check that out my mom would be like where are these prints going to go <laughs> you're like anywhere there's no yeah. to <laughs> um but that's the thing and like even now but like I'm such an old person like I bought a like no this is this is prime old person I bought um and I think it was TikTok that did it to me, but I bought a Bissell handheld upholstery cleaner the other day. Oh, because I one of them. Yeah, because I wanted to like, because I've these really, I've two gorgeous rugs in my room that are being used now, but are definitely like I would bring them with me wherever yeah. I went. Um you need to maintain them. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. You have to look after your stuff. It's like your winter coats. Like you have to get them dry cleaned at the end of every winter. So they're ready to go for the following. You have to look after your stuff. I know so this I bought one of these and like before that I bought a I did loads now I went into a deep dive on this but I did so much research because obviously everyone loves the Dyson Hoover um but I did a deep dive because I was like I just can't justify paying that and all of this (laughs) so I did a deep dive on um the the best kind of but like like lower cost but as good and I like I did so much research in this and then when I purchased it I was like I felt so proud I was like it's like bringing yeah but like these are the things that I like spend time looking at now like after this I'm probably yeah I'm probably gonna go on your interiors account and end up purchasing prints (laughs) (laughs) um but so obviously you were you said that you didn't always kind of gravitate towards the fashion and beauty and stuff like that but you were working kind of in that industry in New York what kind of led you to gravitate towards that when you came home and started to kind of establish yourself and your content I suppose it was definitely working in the industries that I was in so beauty for example like skincare would have as in I was in my early 20s my mom isn't someone who's great like she's someone who has perfect skin but never wears makeup literally doesn't re- like minimal skincare she's just very blessed so touch wood hopefully I got those genes but um I never really I'm the oldest so didn't have a big sister to advise or you know my mom leading me in terms of skincare so when I went into the first brand that I worked for it was I was um in the skincare area and learning so much oh my god like Jesus if I took anything away from it it was just a good skincare routine um and then I suppose when with fashion I suppose I got such an appreciation for designers and 
the effort and the quality and that definitely has led me majorly into like the sustainable fashion that I definitely am planning on talking about a lot more because it's something that is like a massive passion and interest of mine but again in the last year I probably nearly leaned away from it a little bit just in terms of trying to stay um I suppose be sensitive to how people were um consuming and things like that and you don't want to ever make anyone feel bad but sometimes when it comes to sustainable fashion that's just inevitable Um, yeah but I think I got such an appreciation for designers for how things were made for quality for spending as well on good quality stuff and yeah like the whole 30 wears ethos like how many ways can I wear this like will this be with me will I still have this in 10 years time or will it have fallen to shreds um so yeah that's definitely it was definitely just working within these the industries and just being exposed to them and having um an open mind when it came to learning about them and things like that that definitely led me to just have grow more of a personal interest Mm. um, in general and then a lot of my friends are so into skincare they're really into fashion um so yeah that definitely influenced I suppose me leaning towards more towards that as well in general yeah I'm currently at and this sounds so bad because I turned 30 this year like last month but uh, I like I don't I barely have a skincare routine I have so many skincare products that I've been led to purchase but and they're all really good ones because I and like the only thing I've taken from my mom is my mom doesn't wear makeup that much but she always wears kind of high end kind of Mm. makeup and good kind of quality makeup yeah um but like you so I only I'm the oldest sibling um and there's only me and my brother so and my mom was never massively into skincare but she's she's aged like amazingly well never had and I, I've i never had a, like a spot or anything in my life and um, <laughs> I know I feel like I'm jinxing myself I'll get like onset adult acne or something now <laughs> um, but I yeah I find it so hard to now have a skincare routine having yeah. like so like what are your would would skincare or what what's your kind of beauty pain points then um in terms of like just overall kind of beauty like what are your kind of like oh are things that you know you should do or get into but you just can't get into oh my god I wish I had something but I am a marketer's dream and if someone tells me to do something I will do it um like I get so influenced by people that I follow and things like that but I'm also I've always been the type to I do try and like think about how I spend and I will go for quality over like I'm not afraid if I think something will really benefit me like I'm not afraid to commit to spending on it or something like that so for me it's definitely it was always figuring out what actually worked for my skin and if that was going to a professional and paying someone to tell me what is the right thing that I should be doing for my skin then I will do that um I suppose just when I got so interested in it and I suppose when I was in New York as well my skin got really really bad because um I put it down to just lack of sleep stress lifestyle um pollution everything yeah it's the New York air and everything yeah and then like the food I mean the food is the best part of New York I don't care what anything you can have whatever (laughs) you want yeah but even just the diverse yeah 
they have over there. But anyway, you eat out a lot, you drink a lot, you don't get much sleep. It's a stressful place to live. Um, and that I stress like manifests physically for me all the time. So my skin broke out, started going, getting facials. And then that was just something that I suppose I stuck with. And I'll always go and see what works for me. And I always uh, I always try and be really clear in if I'm working with a skincare brand because um, I I'm so lucky that I get sent products and brands want to, you know, they would see a value in sending me something and using it and reviewing it and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, encouraging the right people to buy it. But that's why I'm always so careful because I'm like, this will work for you if X, Y, and Z, if your skin is like this or like mine or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if you have a need for, you know, certain things. So I'm always, I always try and encourage people to just go and get their skin. Like I could tell you right now, oh, I use this, this and this, so should you. But like, no, I have no idea what type of skin you have. No yeah. idea what your, what your pain points are with your skin. So why, how can I advise? Like you can only just advise and share what works for you um, and then explain why it works for you. And then if someone can relate to that and they want to try it, that's great. Um. But yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely need to stop with the skincare because as I said, I'm very lucky I get sent products, but I will buy double the amount as well. Um, I just can't help it. I'm a sucker. If I see a before, good before and after sold, might not even suit me. I'm, I am my own worst enemy. Like, um, but, but I, anyone, yeah, but I have so fun. many skincare products, so much makeup, so much, but do <laughs> I use it? No. <laughs> Like, oh, but I'm, I'm so bad for that as well I'm like no that's really nice I'll just save that and then the bloody thing goes off and it's a waste of money or you know a waste of a gift or something. yeah so, yeah well, I, I just try and use it and stick with my active serums that I know will work and I mean within reason um but yeah just actually use the products and like you know. Yeah, I definitely need to do that. I definitely need to go to like a dermatologist or something for someone to tell me just yeah. what to purchase and what to buy because it's so. This sounds like just a skin privilege thing to say, but it's so hard to buy something for normal skin. Yeah, yeah, like it's so like it's and like I definitely have bought things for like oily skin because I was like oh that that sounds amazing but like I don't have that skin type so now yeah. it's been sitting there or I just gave it to someone else or dry skin and like I rarely get dry skin like sometimes in like the winter and stuff but like generally no so then that probably makes me oilier and so I think I just need to go through because I'm definitely off and what type of skin you have yeah because I'm definitely off the mindset where I will spend that little bit more for a quality of a product because I'm like one of my for my 30th birthday I was like oh I'm gonna treat myself I bought the Charlotte Tilbury magic cream because I'd had it before yeah. and it ran out but I like love it like yeah um and yeah so I purchased that recently but then I was like now I'm like using that and like I don't touch any of my other (laughs) things I'm like a child I'm like oh new thing yeah I'm the exact same person yeah um and in terms of beauty um just more generally like who would your kind of beauty icon be either that and has it changed over time so did you kind of look to someone when you were younger and and has it changed the more you've gotten into beauty do you know what? I actually don't feel like I even have a beauty icon. Like there's no one that I go to that I try or like that I'll follow their makeup. Like not really. Like I suppose I follow people locally as in in Ireland, like girls that are amazing at makeup and I'll 
I'll generally pick up on their tips, but I'm so much more drawn to skincare. So like on yeah. binge on skincare videos, skincare reviews, like are these viral products worth it? Like, oh my God, that is my cup of tea. I just love it. So it's definitely more skincare for me in terms of what I watch and what I consume. I would, I would, I don't think I've ever gone to someone's page to see how to do, uh, you know, a glowy makeup look. I just know. Yeah. I so just, if you, who would be your your skincare icon then? Do you have um, someone that you you religiously would go to? Yeah, I love following Caroline Hirons. She's mm. wealth of knowledge. There's these two guys on YouTube as well. They're new enough. They're called Doctorly, and they're like skincare doctors, and they they're really funny and easy to watch. I really like them. And then I suppose in Ireland, um, I love following Ashley Keenan. She's a beauty. Yeah. Um journalist and anything that she I just trust her so much like it's the power of trust I suppose I trust her judgment so much um so her um, roundups she says cool thanks Ashley (laughs) yeah I know her product roundups that she does like I have definitely put dents in my bank account before but have I used them like I definitely have bought like lipsticks and stuff that I've so many like I've so much makeup that I just don't use and it makes me feel bad because definitely yeah I know um and sticking with that kind of like icon are there any kind of I suppose influencers or like people on Instagram or YouTube that you've always kind of gravitated towards or you really love their content to be honest I feel like it changes a lot like I'll go through phases of people definitely um yeah not really to be honest in a way yeah I I feel like I I definitely go through and I don't want to start naming people because I don't want to admit to going through a phase of someone and then like yeah I I feel you though yeah because I go through it's kind of like peaks and troughs especially with like YouTube and stuff like I'll like I was religiously watching um an Australian YouTuber's videos for ages um and she had come up because I was watching Sarah Day she, she'd come up and suggest a video I think it's Connor Kathleen's her name but I was watching so much of her like because she does really good weeks in the life and I just I okay. there's something about those kind of videos that I really like watching yeah. um and then I just nothing happened yeah. I just got bored and I was like no yeah fair fair yeah exact same one or or even like someone could say something and I'm like "Mm, I don't agree with that and then I start questioning everything like I'm and that's exactly what I would hate for someone to say to yeah towards me but I'm just like "Mm, I don't know about you anymore (laughs) yeah and do you ever think um because obviously you're quite prevalent on Instagram and you have your blog as well um Mm. which has loads of like really good content um do you ever think you would break into one of the kind of not even newer medias but like say like I know you have some YouTube videos but not too many and I don't know I've ne- I haven't even looked you up on TikTok so I don't know if you're posting videos no, I'm not on TikTok, TikTok. I, yeah. one video. I put one of my food videos up but I was like I should be doing this shouldn't I and then I did it and then I forgot about it so no like yeah oh but um, I keep telling myself like oh I should be doing this I'm like we've a legal diaries TikTok camp but none of us like out of three of us in the business none of us posting it because we're all like we, we just like to go on and watch we don't like to go on yeah. and contribute well there's loads of things we should all be doing but I mean if, yeah. we, if we had time to get around to it it would be brilliant but um no do you know what I think with YouTube and things like that I just I I definitely feel like I am at kind of a point where I 
say in the last year, like I've felt myself pulling back and I definitely want to keep, you know, I, I enjoy keeping a lot private and, mm. and naturally I just would keep the majority of stuff private. Like, as I said, like I do try and treat my, um, business in when it comes to social media in a professional way and like I'm trying to provide value I don't know if that would ever be like if if we're talking about you know something massively personal came up or I just I just don't know I just yeah I, I just don't know about sharing things like that for me personally I can totally recognize the value and the strength that it would take for other people to share massively personal things. But for me at this point in my life, I just don't know if that is the way I want to go. I suppose that's like a lot of searching on that, especially in terms of what's next for me. Cause like, you know, as you get older and you're kind of coming into a new stage of your life, I suppose it's like, what are you comfortable sharing? And you do have to kind of have that discussion with yourself and way up yeah like, do I want to just purely keep it with um the content that I'm dealing with now or you know I don't know I find it yeah. like it's kind of yeah you're sharing a lot more yourself and I also oh my god I don't know how people vlog like no way no yeah way. like you need like my friends all think that it's a natural progression for me but I'm like I can't do it like I just I can't and like but I feel like you can't just open it a crack it has to be like a full like you can't just let a little bit out and I do one thing I do like about your content is any kind of personal stuff that you've shared you've done it in like an education or good way so one thing I can think of is when your dad was ill Mm. um so you 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 shared that but you didn't share it in a like poor me poor dad poor us and our family you shared it as like an educational moment which I thought was really powerful yeah I think yeah I think there there just takes a lot of consideration and thought when it comes to what you're okay with sharing personally and then generally I feel like if something majorly personal happens it's rare that it just affects you um so you're thinking like okay who else is going to have their privacy compromised by me sharing this issue or this thing that would be amazing if I could come on and talk about it but like you have other people to consider and I think that's just a natural way of your life going and um, mm. so yeah I don't know I think with YouTube I think I'm happy at the moment but yeah I feel like in the next year or so I'll definitely try and not um, I suppose to like think about what the next step will be in terms of the way I share my content and what I'm comfortable sharing and things like that yeah um and bringing it back to more kind of lighter topics so going back to beauty if you and skincare so like all-encompassing if you were stranded on a desert island what are your three like cult products that you'd have to have to hand um okay the first one is SPF obviously yeah (laughs) because <laughs> um, I would be a beef root on a desert island with no SPF um, then it would be lash serum because that's just a total game changer um, and then it would probably be lip balm because I have the driest lips ever <laughs> incredibly hydrated or what it, what is it but if I, I have a, a lip balm in every handbag most of my pockets like in the car everywhere there is lip balm so yeah and what do you have like a go-to kind of um brand or lip balm that you would opt for honestly it's a huge mix and it's just the general 
<laughs> it's the typical ones. It's like the Elizabeth Arden, Glossier trilogy, um, La Roche-Posay, Clarins. I mean, you name it, I have it and I love it. I love yeah. them all. They're also, especially, I love La Roche-Posay. Um, yeah. I don't know why, I just always go back to them. Um, and I love the Paw Paw products as well, because they're oh, so versatile. Well. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, they're just so versatile. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so then in bringing it up to kind of um, fashion and beauty and skincare and everything together, what for you has been, in your experience, like worth the splurge? Oh God, definitely active skincare. So like active serums, whether it's a vitamin C, um, I started using retinol. I haven't seen the benefits, but I know that they're coming because I trust the people who have influenced me to buy it. Um, but I have like, my skin is just so sensitive at the moment. So I, um, I've completely just paired it back. Um, but yeah, definitely active serums in terms of fashion. I mean, I'm a sucker for a handbag and shoes like so <laughs> any of my kind of bigger splurges I have I'm just so glad that I made them essentially um and then lifestyle oh god like is it bad well not bad I mean it's true but definitely like just experiences um are worth yeah me. I, I mean if I had a house I'd be like my house but I don't so yeah until then it's gonna be experiences it's gonna be um going nice to nice hotels and like eating in yeah nice pre, yeah and pre-covid if I was, yeah. yeah and pre-covid if I was to purchase and I find it so hard gift giving in the time of covid because say for my boyfriend or my mom dad family or close friends I would always try gift and experience because I think people get more out of it and you both make memories together or they get to make memories with with their significant other or family um and it's so hard gift giving now for me during COVID because I'm like, well, I can't buy someone an experience for something yeah. because we can't. Can, and they can look forward to it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of COVID, so like, what are you missing most during these kind of times, like over the past kind of year? Like what has been one kind of constant thing that you found quite difficult? Oh, my God. Where do I begin? Yeah. Um, oh, I feel like it's been such a difficult year and I feel like unless you I feel like so many people have really struggled um, mm. in their own way and there's so many things that is so unique to people but then also shared struggles that I know that we all feel and things like that but I think what I'm finding really hard to get my head around and it's such a such a first world problem and probably like a you know in comparison to people losing loved ones it's not even on the scale and I will absolutely recognize that but I think as someone and you're only a couple of months older than me but knowing that say a year and a half of the last year of your 20s and you know I look at my friends and I'm like good few of you are going to start getting engaged and popping out kids and I find that really sad that we've missed probably at the last couple of months or years of really enjoying just our lives as they are now and that as yeah. I know that is oh no but I, I yeah I find that sad I, really sad yeah I totally get it though because I turned 30 last month and I I entered lockdown at the age of 28 like it was midway through kind of like I was just about to turn kind of 29 a few months after but like I essentially spent the last year and a half of my 20s in lockdown right. yeah it's, and it's yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, a, because as I said it's a very privileged problem to have yeah like, 
and that's and you know I say that from a point of like I obviously there are things that everyone goes through and there's been so many difficulties um that you know have gone on for everyone's families and things like that and COVID kind of you know that's life as well like people have difficulties and people have problems and I think COVID kind of heightens everything and definitely makes yeah. things harder to deal with because the things that you might have turned to for comfort or solace before you don't really have access to or even the people that you need um you don't really have access to that in a physical capacity, which is definitely always going to be really, really challenging. Um, so COVID is just the devil and the sooner it's <laughs> gone, the better. So yeah. yeah. And what, what has kept you sane during COVID? Oh, you're like, am I sane? <laughs> I'm actually not sure that I know. Yeah. But, uh, oh my God. What has kept me sane? It can be anything, like anything, even mundane. Like one thing for me is like a walk, like air. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? So there were times where I think there was like six weeks I couldn't even go for a walk. I was like, no, I can't even fathom going for a walk. It's so boring and crap. Like I just, I, I know. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. What, obviously, my friends. Um, you know, having little things to look forward to in the evening, like just even lighting the fire and looking forward to that. Um, yeah. And like trying different wines and you know different cocktails and things like that has been definitely kept me sane yeah have you baked a banana bread like everyone else oh loads <laughs> I even went through a phase of gifting people banana bread oh. who I thought it was I was like oh my god they had a baby I'll give them banana bread that's what they want they're probably like what are you doing but anyway, so funny. oh and um just kind of reflecting um on one of the kind of last facets um but by no means the least of your content it's one that I quite enjoy um so your sustainability content what inspired you to more actively move into that kind of area obviously you you've kind of pulled back for for good reasons during times of COVID but um like I hope to see it come back soon but what inspired you to get into that area or what pushed you to start posting yeah so firstly I definitely will be going back to it. and I think as things start to people just start to relax a little bit I'll definitely yeah I you know I just kind of really wanted to be sensitive in what I was sharing and for me yeah how do I stay interesting and you know a, a place a comfortable place for people to be and for me that was going hell for leather with um COVID cocktails and you know videos and things that people could cook at home because that was the scenario I didn't feel like hammering home sustainability was kind of I was trying to read the room a little bit and people were tense with COVID and still mm. are so you know trying to be really careful and sensitive I suppose but definitely it's going to be it's a huge focus for me it's always in my day-to-day -day life it's a massive focus like if I see someone putting something in the wrong bin I twitch like I'm just like yeah um but to be honest it came from my mom so my mom is someone who has always been so conscious um mm. and we were brought up like myself and my sister were definitely brought up in that way um with all of these things in mind so for it was funny because a lot of it was just um second nature or things that I didn't even think about and then you know as you see how other people live or you know as yeah you, people share their lives or if you're living with certain people you realize that it's not actually a standard that everyone upholds them to upholds themselves to um so yeah I suppose definitely my mom like we were always when we were buying things like clothes growing up it was always 
you know good quality stuff like obviously very lucky yeah I I have to I have to put a disclaimer with everything I say because you have to be so yeah no but obviously can recognize we're so lucky that like yeah that it was designer clothes Jesus far from that she wouldn't have any interest in that but we were always it was either stuff that came from my cousins that were really good quality or you know everything that I wore my sister wore um um there was never I suppose everything that was bought was very thought like thought out um you know you're conscious in what you're buying and when when yeah food as well like like sauces were not in our house it was always made from scratch or if you wanted something you made from scratch or you went out into the garden and picked it like um so yeah I suppose it was just kind of the way we were brought up was to with that in mind um and yeah then I kind of just wanted I just as well I started talking about sustainability in 2018 and like people definitely people were talking about it but it wasn't a major focus and I think it's had a massive shift but I also yeah. with that conversation comes a caution that's necessary yeah um because all we can do is make efforts and make um do our best but you know sometimes you can open yourself up to the sustainability please like there's policing all over social media oh stop like not- I did a whole sustainability campaign and like if I did something like if I ate a piece of meat or I posted something or said something like because some people are really like all or nothing kind of a thing yeah. and where does that get you like I, don't I know think. like we should be striving for progress and not perfection and yeah. also I will say sometimes that piece of meat that came from the farmer next door to you could be a lot more eco-friendly than the avocado that came from Brazil so you know I know you know you can you make your own decisions you do what's best for you and just use your head when it comes yeah and I also like I never kind of very like I've said it in a few kind of sustainability podcasts and stuff but I've I've gotten backlash for it every time but we as a country in Ireland um like our economy depends hugely on agriculture. So yeah. if everyone in the culture in the country becomes yeah, vegan being, overnight, you know, then how it's just it's not it's not realistic. I think yeah. I'm someone who like sustainability is a massive passion. I will never go vegan because I don't enjoy eating that way. And I'm also acutely aware that we have one life and you have to enjoy it and do your best and do your best to leave the world the in a better condition for the next generation. And obviously that's not going to happen, but you can just do your best. Yeah. You know, Oh, way we're going to leave it in a better condition the way so many massive so I mean yeah. this is a whole other conversation but like the work, you know there's so many things that are wrong with how the world works in terms of sustainability so all you can do is your best and everyone's best is better than a handful of us going hell for leather whole hog 100 percent um yeah it's about opening the community up when it comes to to sustainability to be welcoming and encourage yeah. people to do their best rather than shaming someone who you know like okay I'm opposed to fast fashion but if I see a coat in H&M that I know I'm gonna wear year over year I think it's I've made the judgment that it's good quality it's worth my money I mean shoot me what I like, know relax like it's so yeah it's all so- you can do is your best and but yeah no. it's so it's so difficult because and like one thing that we even tried to stress is on legal diaries is that a lot of people focus on this sustainability is all about the environment but obviously there's social and economic pillar as well which we're quite yeah. strong on just because the industry I work in um but yeah it's 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 so 
it's so interesting but I'm excited though for, for your sustainability content to come back because I really enjoyed yeah. it and you did um uh collaboration with repack I think um, yeah yeah, yeah. So, 19 which feels ages ago but I yeah. know but, but like it, yeah like I still remember it and um it spoke to my soul in terms of like knowing what goes into each bin because that was a point of contention <laughs> when I kind of moved home um some in my family are better at it than others but uh um you talk by them you just become the sustainability police at home and it's fine <laughs> yeah exactly I remember I did veganuary just out of interest more than anything and it was to kind of it was but it was more to diversify my palate so to to push myself out to to eat different foods and stuff and I remember I had like Sophie Gaston on she's a she is a TikToker from Belfast she does really good foodie content you should definitely check her out but yeah um she she kind of explained that because she's vegan herself but she's not one of those like vegan police that go around and like want to throw their veganism yeah. on everyone else um and she said the only way you're gonna do veganuary successful or go vegan is like if you're craving eggs eat the goddamn eggs like yeah. it's not gonna make a big difference like you don't have to go cold turkey for the month of january it's not gonna work so yeah, yeah it was like veganuary but it was definitely a bit of flexitarian because there but was definitely great. yeah the effort that you made and you'll probably eat a lot more vegan foods going forward and isn't that brilliant I know because I found so, yeah I found so many like vegan options because you know the way everyone goes all the supermarket retailers go gung-ho in January mm-hmm. for doing all the kind of vegan um replacements but there's definitely some I found that I was like this is nicer than the like real thing yeah yeah but yeah um I'm conscious that I've taken a huge chunk out of your day um and <laughs> so if we want to kind of finish up if you just want to firstly thank you so much um I've really like there's so much more that I could ask you about or chat about um yeah, if you could talk all day <laughs> yeah um if you want to just give um a shout out to where people can find you and all that good stuff yeah so as well thank you for having me I really enjoyed <laughs> your conversation but yeah if you don't follow me or if you're interested in checking my pages out and um, my Instagram name is at Neve underscore O'Sullivan and my uh, you'll find links there to everything um but my website is neveosullivan.com um and yeah that's pretty much where I mainly am is Instagram perfect thank you so much thank you so much I really enjoyed this Thank you for listening to this Legal Diaries podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you found this podcast helpful or interesting, it would be absolutely amazing if you could spread the love and share it with your friends and family and on your social media accounts. Please make sure to tag us if you do. We are an independent podcast run by the three ladies behind the Legal Diaries platform and business. So it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. For more Legal Diaries content, please do check us out on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search at legaldiaries.ie and give us a follow. Until next time, Le Gras, the Legal Diaries ladies.